Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN, and you can find this and all of our other podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So be sure to turn those notifications on. Uh, Hersh, so exciting night for uh, Bucks fans. Come away with a uh, tough win against the Philadelphia 76ers, 118 to 117, up 19 at half. Sixers make it close in the second, but we got our guy Damian Lillard. He comes through in the second half, has one of the best, if no, actually has the best debut for a Bucks player ever with 39 points. Uh, just a phenomenal showing from the guy. Hirsch, how did tonight's game make you feel, man? Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, just Damian Lillard's, you know, whole new aura to the team. He he truly showed tonight why, why you know, people were clamoring for him all offseason. I mean, he's a true superstar, nothing like any of us have ever seen before in Milwaukee. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, he set a, he, he literally set a Bucks team record in his first in his first career Bucks game, uh breaking Terry Cummings record of 34 points in a Bucks debut, like you mentioned, 39. Um he he basically just took over the entire last five minutes of the game. I mean, there 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 he was unguardable. Philadelphia couldn't do anything to stop him. He was hitting any shot he wanted, and he and the Bucks won because of him. Is that that that's my take on it? Yeah, and I mean, you said that he went off in those last five minutes, which he did. He closed out that game for us. But you can't forget what he did for us in the in the first half of that game. I mean, he had, what, 21 points in the first half. And, you know, when he was out there, he, our offense just looked unstoppable. And, I mean, that's just super, super exciting to see, from you know, after we traded for him. And, I mean, I just thought it's pretty ridiculous to see how, you know, he struggles in preseason like that. And then, boom, he's just lights on, turns it on automatic all game. Uh, hit some ridiculous shots, had an and one three. He had two and one three pointers. One they took away from him, said it was on the floor. But ooh, Damian Lillard is special, and the Bucs have definitely found their guy, Hirsch. Well, yeah, and he also hit that, you know, patented late game, you know, step back three over Ubre. That was basically, you know, the dagger uh to to put it to bed. So yeah, I I I loved what I saw out of him. And not to mention, you know, it is only game one of 82. I mean, we still have 81 more games to go to see these guys mash and get better. And, you know, uh, you know, the chemistry to grow. I, I think there's just, you know, I think there's a lot of good to come from this. And I'm, I can say I'm very, very happy with the box off season moves a, a, after game one so far. Mm -hmm. And then Dame dude, 17 of 17 from the line as well. I mean, just to have that free throw shooting at the end of games. I mean, you saw he hit the last two free throws to basically ice out the game. Just, again, like having that is going to make this so special when Giannis can just be Giannis for the first three quarters of the game and then Dame can just close the game out. We have Chris, too, who only played 16 minutes. We're going to touch on that later in this podcast. But, yeah, just wanted to open this up with Damian Lillard's special night. I mean, super, super cool stuff to see from him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we really could have asked for much more, especially, you know, with the way that Giannis was uh, had been playing, you know, throughout the game, I, I think we really needed someone to, you know, step up and take those big shots. And, you know, that's that's kind of why we, you know, traded all all of that capital for him. So I'm I'm really happy to see it. 
Um, let's move on to, uh, you know, the defense. We, we talked a lot, you know, in the preseason about perimeter defense and, you know, the loss of Drew Holiday, how that was going to affect the Bucks on the perimeter. Um, what were kind of your thoughts on, you know, Marshawn, Jay Crowder, Malik Beasley, guys like that, uh, Pat Connaughton even. Like, I saw a lot of time on the perimeter guarding those, you know, main guys like Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey for the, for the 76ers. Yeah, I mean – Tyrese Maxey had a night and Malik Beasley was his primary defender did pretty well on Malik. I just, I think Adrian Griffin wants Malik Beasley to be something that he really isn't. I think Malik Beasley is, you know, he's a scorer, he's a shooter and that's what he's going to, you know, do best for us. I think that we need to transition from him. I I honestly think that he could maybe take a bench role for us and would be more effective in that. If we could move someone like Jay Crowder, to the starting role because Jay Crowder's defense looked, I mean, he looked phenomenal on defense, exactly why we traded five second round picks for the guy. We've like, we've known he was this good. We just needed to give him that opportunity. Uh, Marjan Bochamp, again, he also played some minutes tonight, 16 minutes, looked pretty good at times. Then he also had a couple dumb fouls, but again, like the promise is so there, like he, he definitely is going to be a special player, but for now, I think putting Jay Crowder in the starting lineup next to, you know, Dame next to Chris, it's just going to really help that perimeter defense. Definitely. And I mean, not to mention, it would be a pretty big lineup. I mean, you wouldn't really be sacrificing anything on the rebounding end either. In fact, you'd probably have a massive advantage with Chris Middleton over, you know, smaller shooting guards. Um, and Jay Crowder, you know, he's a, he's a big wing. He's a guy who can, you know, guard one through four even. So, you know, it, it could be a guy like Tyrese Maxey one night and it could, guy, it could be a guy like Jason Tatum the next. And I think Jay Crowder's the guy who on this team can handle that. I don't really think that Malik Beasley is that kind of player like you mentioned. Uh, he's never really been that throughout his entire career. So I don't really know why uh, AG had, you know, all those quotes in the preseason about him becoming a lockdown perimeter defender. That's not who Malik Beasley is. And I don't think that's who Bucks fans should think he is either. I mean, in my eyes, he's just an upgrade over Grayson Allen and what Grayson Allen was doing. I think Malik Beasley can just do that better. Um, but he's now he's no lockdown defender. I think that's literally why we traded five second round picks, like you mentioned, for a guy like Jay Crowder to be that guy on the perimeter. And I think he he uh, yeah, like I I got like I've been saying, like all throughout the offseason and in the preseason, I I have been advocating personally for Jay Crowder to be in the starting lineup. I think that is the best starting lineup we could possibly have. It's defense, it's size, it's shooting. And then we obviously still have Damon, Giannis, and Chris to provide, you know, shot creation and offense and penetration. I mean, that that seems like a real death lineup if you ask me. Yeah, I just think having Jay Crowder in the starting lineup provides that defensive versatility that you that you, you know, keep talking about. And then, you know, with Malik Beasley, it allows him to, you know, be Malik Beasley. He only took one three tonight and he hit it. Like we need him to be taking five plus threes a night. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he's been good at. That's what he was good at last year. It's why we brought him in because we expected him to be a 40 plus, you know, high volume three-point shooter. And he's not going to be able to do that playing in a lineup with Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Those guys need to get theirs. And I think having Malik Beasley come off the bench is just going to be the most effective way to utilize him. Yeah, and that's a good point you make because Jay Crowder is not a guy who really needs to take shots to be effective on the floor. Um, so, that, yeah, that's a good point because I think, you know, having Jay out there with those guys, he wouldn't mind, you know, having that P.J. Tucker role where you score zero points, but you're out there literally and you maybe take two shots in the whole game. but. You're out there with, you know, seven rebounds, 
three assists and you're playing great defense the whole game. I think that's kind of the role. And I don't think Jay Crowder has any problem with not taking shots. Whereas I agree with you. I think Malik Beasley needs to take more shots and I think he'll get more shots on in that, in that bench unit with guys like Bobby Portis and campaign. Yeah. It just felt like he was like running around and just, you know, you know, as Drew Holiday said last year, just running around doing cardio because he didn't, the fit just isn't there. I don't think, I don't think him and Damian Lillard in a backcourt together for what we have is going to, you know, be truly effective. And is it's not going to, you know, make us the best bucks team that we can be with that, you know, uh, just undersized the guards, you know, putting Jay Crowder, like you said, gives us that size in the, you know, in the front and backcourt now. So yeah, I just, I think I would like to see Malik Beasley take on a bench roll and just, you know, take more shots with, you know, the guys on the bench, you know, we got Pat Connington, we got, a uh, campaign campaign actually looked pretty solid. I thought as a facilitator, I think that him and Damian Lillard need to be in the game. One of those two need to be in the game at all times. Uh, but we'll touch on that as well later on in this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think you make great points. Um, we're definitely going to take a quick break, but we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Giannis and how he, you know, adjusted to Dame being in the lineup as well as uh, coach Griffin in his first game as the box head coach. Uh, what we kind of noticed with him. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. Uh, recapping game one of the Milwaukee Bucks season, the 118 to 117 victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Steve, let's touch on Giannis a little bit. I know, you know, me and you were texting throughout the game uh, just about Giannis taking those really bad three pointers uh, early in the shot clock, especially. Uh, to me personally, I just believe that he just shouldn't be taking those shots unless, you know, it's a catch and shoot wide open three. And especially when Damian Lillard's on the court, I just think that, you know, with those two on the court and, you know, a combination of the the depth guys we have, um, there's always going to be a better shot than a Giannis pull up three pointer with 23 seconds left in the shot clock. So um, that's definitely my big take on it. But I liked seeing Giannis give up the ball a lot at the end of the game. I think that was huge for him. Uh, definitely, he's going to need to adjust to, you know, Dame having the ball and being the guy at the end of the game. Uh, you know, he's he's done that in the past before with Middleton, but it's going to be different for him now where, you know, he's got Middleton and Chris. Uh, hopefully Middleton, we didn't see him at the end of the game, but we'll touch on, on that. But, yeah, I mean, so, some worrying signs from Giannis. I mean, he looked a little out of control, but... Still, had yeah, a, I, mean, I mean, 23 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, what I mean, he's still going to put up the stats regardless. Yeah, we can all agree that this was definitely not a you know good game for Giannis. I mean, he you know, he gave you uh 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, you know, two steals, a couple blocks. I mean, he you know, it, box score wise, it looks good, but then he also gives you the seven turnovers. He had four fouls, and then the big thing, you know, three of nine from the line that like that's killer, especially for a guy who you know lives in the paint and eats up those fouls. It sucks to see, and we know at this point Giannis just isn't a great free throw shooter. But again, we the two blocks, two steals defensively, I felt like he was everywhere there tonight. Like he was able to be the best defensive player on the court when he was in the game at all times. It's nice to see that from him. I think that he, like you said, he's gonna have to adjust to playing with Damian Lillard. He's never really been, you know, a, a, con, a constant role man, right? He's always he's used to playing with the ball in his hands. That's how he's all. It's how it's always been, right? You give Giannis the ball, he runs an ISO and drives to the hoop. Now he gets to set a screen and then move away from the ball or cut to the hoop. So it's definitely going to be an adjustment period from Giannis. Uh, 
we saw some flashes, right? There were a couple of really nice pick and roll plays in there, you know, where Dame would just have a nice little inside pass to Giannis and he would cut to the hoop. So hit a nice dunk. And then like you, you mentioned Giannis, you know, he tried to do too much and, you know, just playing with Dame, the more games that these guys get under their belt and, you know, with Chris Middleton seeing more minutes too, I think, you know, that's also going to take, you know, going to allow Giannis to play more off ball. He's only going to get better at it. We've, you know, we know the type of Giannis play, uh, the type of player Giannis is. We know his work ethic. He's going to work at it. And he even said, like, he is willing to give this team to Dame. Not that it needs to be Dame's team or Giannis's team. It's, it's, they're the, they're a dynamic duo. But in the fourth quarter, Dame's going to run the offense. He's going to run the team. Yeah. And I mean, I think tonight, you know, we, we saw a perfect example of why. I mean, Damian Lillard is the guy that has to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I mean, we, we've seen in the past that obviously, you know, it's been Middleton a lot of the time, but even, you know, down the stretch, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen Drew Holiday and Giannis both have the ball and, you know, make mistakes, turn the ball over, take bad shots. Damian Lillard's the kind of guy who it, and like any shot is a good shot because he has a, he has a good chance of making it from anywhere on the court. And his, I mean, I, I didn't really notice this much in Portland, but his first step is extremely quick. I mean, he's very, very good at getting to the basket for a guy who's a, a quote unquote shooter. Um, he he he's more like a three-level superstar i mean he he can score from anywhere he he was taking joel Embiid to the hoop he was taking tobias harris to the hoop and he was drawing fouls too which like you mentioned he didn't miss a free throw um we've seen those guys in the past miss miss free throws especially Giannis down the stretch last year in the playoffs so i think you know having a guy like that who's just going to be you know automatic at the line as well as you know you trust him at the end of the game on offense to have the ball in his hands i think that's just going to change the entire dynamic of the way the Milwaukee Bucks play yeah he had i mean he had zero turnovers tonight too i mean that's another huge you know thing with dame is that he's a he's a smart point guard he knows exactly what he wants to do with the ball when he has it he's decisive in his decision making so having a guy like that who is able to be this incredible clutch shot maker and then also be super smart when giving the ball to his teammates. It's just so big to have for the Bucks. It's just so big because, you know, we're talking about Giannis and he looks out of control at times. And that's one of his biggest flaws is that he just tries to do too much, but having Dame, it's going to help him settle down. And as they play together, as they grow together, this duo is going to be disgusting. I, I just, the, the more I think about it, the more I think of how unstoppable this offense is going to be when Giannis learns how to be a role man at his full potential. Yeah, I agree. You make some great points. Uh, let's move on to, you know, AG and his uh, strong debut as the Bucs uh, head coach on uh, his first game. Uh, obviously, you know, a rookie head coach had never coached before in his life after, you know, 15 years of assistant coaching experience after, you know, a long playing career in the NBA. Um, Steve, what did you notice about, you know, uh, Coach Griffin tonight, any positives, negatives, maybe that you could have, uh, that you kind of picked out while watching? Yeah. I mean, the first thing with Griff is I want to talk about the adjustments. I felt like he made, you know, some pretty big key adjustments throughout that game. For example, uh, Embiid hit like two uh, threes from the top of the key on us on Brooke Lopez. And, you know, Brooke Lopez isn't the quickest guy he's supposed to be playing in the paint. That's where, you know, he plays his best defense. And AG, you know, made a switch, made the adjustment to have Giannis guard Embiid on the perimeter, and it worked. It, it, it just, Embiid struggled. He couldn't hit a three after that. I mean, it's just, those are the types of moves that you want your coach making throughout the game. Uh, there was another thing where we, we called the timeout and then came out and showed them a zone look. 
And, you know, I thought that threw the Sixers off. It, you know, resulted in a missed bucket. So just like seeing those adjustments from Griff, I know that you talked about, you texted me about, you know, he was calling some great timeouts, killing off any momentum they had, you know, talk about, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, definitely. That was one thing that last year I would get really frustrated with Coach Bud about is, you know, the other team would be on a on a massive run where, you know, they're hitting threes. They have so much momentum. We can't hit anything. We're, we're on a scoring drought and they are just they are just firing in all cylinders and he he would just let it happen. Whereas tonight I, I, I noticed that every single time I would have wanted a timeout called, he called coach Griffin called a timeout, which I, I really liked. Um, it seems like he has good kind of intuition as to when to quell those uh, big, uh, you know, scoring outputs by the other team and, you know, against, you know, lesser opponents than the Philadelphia 76ers. I think, you know, that's not really going to be necessary, but, I liked seeing it against, you know, and somewhat of an elite opponent and, you know, the MVP of last season. Uh, I think, you know, he had a great, he had a great debut as a, as a head coach. I liked what I saw out of him for sure. Yeah. I mean, he just, and that's another thing with, uh, with Griff today is I thought that, you know, early on we looked like we were a little lost as a team on offense, but then as the game started to, you know, move on, the ball movement at times was like impeccable. It, it was like beautiful, just pa- passing around the perimeter, driving in, finding the open man in the corner. And it, w- it was just gorgeous to watch. I mean, all my buddies were texting me about it. We were all texting. Like it, it was just like, we haven't seen like consistent ball movement like that. You know, I talked about how Giannis was so used to being an ISO player, but tonight was a lot of great ball movement passing, you know, Damian Lillard, uh, the Damian Lillard off ball movement. That was like that's that was something that I just was not expecting at all from him. You talked about his first step, the way that he was able to just move off ball was it was just astonishing to me because he was just it, it just creates so much chaos for the defense. And then he gets open looks from it. It creates open looks for Brooke in the paint. It creates open looks for Giannis when he can roll to the paint. So just love seeing the ball movement and then off, the off ball movement as well. I mean, definitely. You make a great point. Uh, one thing that I wish the Bucs would have you know, been better at tonight. And I think they will be better at it is when Dame is moving off the ball. I feel like there was lots of times where he was wide open kind of, and they just like, wouldn't like look his way. And obviously, you know, those are shots that Damian Lillard can hit. So I, I would just like the bucks to, you know, kind of, kind of notice that a little bit more on the offensive end when he's moving and he's wide open around those screens, especially at the three point line. I mean, those are shots that we got to hit. And instead of, you know, putting up a double team contested layup in the paint. Let's, you know, pass it out. Let's find that open shooter and let's drill that three. Yeah. And then uh, Hirsch with uh, some of AG's rotations, did you, how, how did you feel about his rotations tonight? Just in general? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, I thought they were fine. I mean, I think you made a good point earlier when you mentioned that campaign or Damian Lillard need to be on the floor at all times. Uh, just having that ball handler, that, you know, true point guard out there that's able to, you know, kind of see the floor and be that field general, I think is super important. Um, I know Chris Middleton is on a, you know, minutes restriction because of his knee surgery in the off season. But I mean, one thing I really noticed is that, you know, he wasn't in there at the end and I really would have liked to see, you know, he only played 16 minutes. I feel like he could have played 20 if you just put him in for the last four minutes of the game. And, you know, we have that extra scoring punch instead of Malik Beasley out there. Um, that would have been the ideal scenario for me, but I understand, you know, wanting to keep him healthy. I just, you know, I kind of hope he gets ramped up soon because I don't want, 
another year of, you know, Middleton kind of floundering or floundering around with, you know, injuries throughout the whole first half again. Yeah. And I think it's important for Chris to, you know, get those crunch time minutes with Damon Giannis because, you know, Chris was used to kind of being our closer, our number two, and now he's going to, you know, take, you know, that back seat. So it, it's just important for him to play with Dame in those crunch time minutes. So, you know, those guys can learn how to play with each other. Cause we've been talking a lot about how Giannis and Dame are going to fit, but a lot of it is how is Chris going to fit with Dame? Because Chris is another guy who likes to get his shots in ISO and then, you know, get a mid range shot. So that's going to be an interesting fit, but I think it, I think it will work. I mean, Chris, I thought when he played looked pretty good tonight, just all around defensively, I was actually pretty impressed with him. Definitely. And I think, you know, one thing we should touch on just before we wrap up here is, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, but, you know, holding the MVP and the scoring champ of last year to 24 points, you know, it's, you know, it's good to see on the defensive end, uh, one thing, you know, you don't love to see is Tyrese Maxey and Kelly Oubre both killing you from the perimeter. Um, you know, obviously Kelly Oubre is not going to be going off every game, but yeah, you know, there are plenty of players that can go off any night that play on the perimeter. And, you know, we hope that that's not, you know, necessarily a pattern that starts to happen where, you know, a random role player on the other team will go off that plays on the perimeter. I mean, that's it was frightening to see. I mean, I, I didn't want Kelly Oubre anywhere near the box floor tonight when I was watching. Yeah, I mean, it's just not like you don't see a guy go nine for 11 with 27 points, you know, every night. And right now, I'm not going to be too concerned about how, you know, Kelly Oubre played against us. I want to see more games. I want to see if, you know, we're allowing other, you know, scoring role players to go off on us like that. Tyrese Maxey, you know, we talked about this. I am a little bit more concerned with that. I think that we need to find that defensive, you know, perimeter lockdown guy. I don't think Malik Beasley is that. I know you don't think Malik Beasley is that. And that's no like discredit to uh, to Malik Beasley like we it's just not his it's not his game to do that and I think that having a guy like Marjan Bochamp having a Jay Crowder fill that role would just work much better yeah I completely agree uh with that being said I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast make sure to leave a like download subscribe and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN I'm Hershey Winkleman he's Stephen Dorf and let's go Bucks.